beautiful morning in the suburbs, man. Morning dose. Always take your dose in the morning. Welcome to the morning dose. Another episode here with my homeboy James Coulter. Black crowd goes wild. Uh, my name is Mike Olton. We're both microdose coaches here in Vancouver, British Columbia. We're just getting over the craziest heat wave in the history of British Columbia. This in the, is in the history. I've never seen heat that I've never seen over 40 in Vancouver in Vancouver and in Burnaby it was 43 that's crazy um, Lytton um is on fire right now it is on fire they had the record was 47.5 I know that uh I have a couple buddies in the car Ron I think he said it was 48 Jesus. in his car uh temperature so it's insane yeah but today it's a beautiful day. Twenty-one degrees the, out here. Woo! The chill is back. Vancouver's <laughs> back. Uh, they were talking about this heat dome. Did you hear about this? This is what this was. So it was a bunch of uh, cold air and hot air moving across the Pacific and created this. Like uh, I guess what it is is the the cold bottom and the hot top meet together and clash and create this heat wave right is what it is i guess i'm not a scientist or a doctor or a weatherman i have no idea but uh they say it's coming back again so next week uh, oh really yes we have another heat wave coming oh wow yeah and i think this heat wave stuff is the beginning of the rest of our existence i think that during covid we and in the last two years let's say we have created things that I think are going to be here for the rest of our lives. I think things have happened that have inherently changed the way we perceive our world and our world is perceived, right? And how it's, how it's has served up to us. And I think things are changing, man. I think the weather is, this is where it is. We're going to have heat waves every year. We're going to have crazy rain and crazy heat. I, I, it, the weather's changed in the past few years. It's changed in the last 30 years. You can, uh, can see on documentaries uh, ice caps are melting um yeah it's it's changing global yeah. warming global but warming. even just it's for, real it's real I, and it you know real. i've always thought it was real and and you know now it's starting to to show that we got some issues right and i think the other issue is how we look at and treat people has really changed you know what's funny we grew up in the 90s in the 1900s uh you and i we grew up in the 1900s and uh and what's crazy about the 90s, and I don't know if any of you guys see this on TV. There or, were mullets. Well, there was mullets, but Whoa. attitudes were a lot different than they are today, oh, yeah. man. You're right, this cancel thing, right, is yeah. like for real. It's going to be here forever. You now have to watch what you say and do online. Oh, yeah. Forever. Because yeah. it's never going away, right? Those yeah. Wild West days are done, right? Well, a lot of people in uh, Canada, we don't have freedom of speech like the usa so no there's certain things you can say and be charged for it yeah you can and yep. you know what's crazy is look at what happened with uh seth rogan hey he got it he got it really bad for a minute there oh, but he yeah. kind of it kind of went off him he did the right things he got away from james franco and he said oh i'm not gonna do any movies with them and everything but you know there was a damning video that showed seth in the exact area where someone was getting berated or sexually, you know, misconduct or something, he did nothing. And so, you know, it's crazy because this really is where we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about today is, is how you become more aware once you start microdosing and you do the hero's journey and how your awareness changes and how your attitude in life changes and what i mean by change is that 
me personally, my personal experience is that I have I have less toleration. Is that a word? Toleration. Tolerance. <laughs> Tolerance. I tolerate less now, and I don't get angry like I used to. I but, don't either. But now what I do is I go, "That's not me," and I walk away, right? And that's what the mushrooms have have created this peace inside of me, yeah. because James and I both grew up the same way. We played on the rugby team when we were in grade eleven together, right? We were both the same, hot headed, hot head, looking for a fight, looking if for a fight. fight in the room, we're like, right, okay, James okay. is un, just waiting, unscared, <laughs> right? No fear, man. Just like you know, talk later, act now, yeah. right? And it's funny because it's reversed in me. I, I, I'm i 100% different. And sure, you could say that's age. But if we didn't address our issues with the heroes or the warrior stuff and with the mi microdosing, we would be continuing down that path of anger and and just like lack of self-respect is really what it was, right? And lack of self-awareness. And I mean, ego. And ego. And ego, which is the big word of the of, of the year, right? Is the ego. You know, which is the most important thing that needs to be Put checked. Put in check, yeah. yeah. Keep it in check. Keep your ego in check. How did you find after you did your journey? Like, how? what did you find changed the most about you personality-wise and just behavior-wise and stuff? I think my um, aggression. I think my aggression came down a fair bit. Um it just took me a step back. So I wasn't, and I get aggressive if I get frustrated. Mm -hmm. If someone puts me in a bad position, it's fight or flight for me. Yeah. So I'll uh, start yelling and start, you know, posturing. Um, but now I sort of, after microdosing, you know, I've been doing it two years and it just, it lets me see things through a different eye. Yeah. You know, I, I look at things different. So, you know, it's harder to get frustrated for mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I take a second and I, you know, look around and microdosing lets me th see things different. You know, like yeah. when I'm walking down the street, usually I'm thinking about, you know, what's going on or, or if I'm going to be late for this appointment mm -hmm. or, you know, you're thinking now, ahead. So yeah, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm on, you know, and now I walk down the street and I know I'm going to be, at the appointment so i'm not stressing about it mm. i take time to look at you know the leaves mm. how they change color when the wind hits them um you're just more of nature, aware of your at, surroundings i look at the people around me yeah. instead of just you know head down yeah and, walking and i mean vancouver is a fast-paced city mm -hmm. this is you know a lot I've, of pressure I've, I've lived in many cities where it's not you know you you go a hang out on a tuesday with your friends Vancouver, yeah. you don't because you're working. Yeah, you are working and a you're lot. You're working. You're working to pay that rent. You're working to pay them bills. Mm -hmm. And there's not too much social time. It's a very pressure-filled pressure, pressure -filled city to live in. Um, it is. You know, I have friends who live downtown that don't come to see me. And because they're downtown. And I used to think, oh, man, there are you know, assholes not coming to see me. But no, it's because they're on the constant grind downtown. And to take a trip to the suburbs is a lot. It is a big trip. I mean, my, my own brother lives an hour and 25 minutes away. And I, I get out there to see him maybe Once twice a, a year. Yeah. It's weird, it's eh? Not, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough. Like, I mean, that's my brother. Yeah. You know, I should be seeing him, you know, 
daily. And I, I do. He he works in Vancouver, so he stops in, mm-hmm. you know, a couple times a week. But, uh, you know, to go out and see my nieces, to see his wife, it's 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 a trek. It's yeah. a day. It's yeah. a whole day. And, you know, in this busy life in Vancouver, it's hard to take a day out of the busy schedule. It you is. Know? It's because very tough. The days you're not working, you got, you know, yeah, you're, yeah, you're things to do. And, yeah. And, you know, and that's where this microdosing comes into play. If you are in a stressful, uh, fast paced, pressure filled life, you know, you don't take the time to allow your brain to relax because you don't have the time. And it's funny when people do have the time, what do they do? onto their phones you you get lost in social media go down a youtube rabbit hole or whatever it is which is the worst thing you could possibly do in your off time it's the worst fucking thing the disconnect that you're causing yeah you got to reconnect you got to reconnect to nature you got to connect yeah and like you were talking uh last episode about the connection that happens in your brain you know when you do this stuff and you know the deconnection that happens disconnection i'm making up words this this episode the disconnection that happens is going on your phone right and disconnecting from really anything organic because yeah. we're organic beings you know we're cellular we we we're the same as a tree as a bird as anything right as air basically we're the yeah. same dude we're organic you need to connect with organic things in order to be solid to feel whole you know that's why going out into the bush is a big deal. And I would, I sometimes do this. Like when I have clients and they're doing their macro or whatever, and after they've done their, their words journey, I'm like, go outside and hug a tree. What? What are you talking about? Go outside and hug a tree. Do you have a favorite tree? Oh, I actually do have a favorite tree. Where is it? Right there. Go hug it. And I get them to hug it and they're like, oh, really stupid. But then after about 30 seconds of hugging that tree, you start to feel the energy from that thousand year old being that is sitting in your front yard. There's an energy that comes from that that is connected through the mushroom. It's it's true energy. It's true energy. I was just uh, uh, talking about scrolling on the phone. I was (laughs) going through the Instagram, checking the uh, my mushroom experience. And um, I was scrolling, and there were a couple sponsored uh, things, and there was one, it was a speaker, a music speaker, and it had two wires, and it was to read what plants are saying. It turned plant energy into music. Mm -hmm. So they would connect one to uh, uh, a plant leaf, and then one connector to the soil, and it would play music. And every different plant that he hooked it up to would play different music. Mm. I mean, they hooked it up to some mushrooms and it was playing. It sounded like Mozart. Mm. It was amazing. And I was like, I don't know if this is real. (laughs) And then they hooked it up to a dead plant and it didn't play nothing. Oh, weird. So plants do have an energy. Do you ever play music for your... The mushrooms? For your mushrooms? No. You've heard of this? I have, 100%. Yeah. 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 If you play uh, music, uh, but finding, you know, what if I play some country and this, these mushrooms, you know, they don't Hate like country. country, right? Like how <laughs> we were when we were younger, right? Yeah. And they get all angry and, yeah. you know, so I don't know yet. Um, I haven't played music yet, but yeah. It's Maybe funny. they're inner city mushrooms. <laughs> Tupac. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think on this episode, uh, it'd be cool to kind of um, talk about a process that people would go through if they come and see us. Yep. And 
here's the thing. People, we can't divulge too much. I personally can't tell you too much about what I do because it's I do things to surprise the brain. I do things to drop somebody's ego when they walk in the door. Some may look at me and go holy and get scared because I'm so intense with what I do. But people walk into this, and most people do this, and it won't be you. People walk into it first with fear, then, okay, I'm going to be brave, right? First of all, it's like, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah, really positive. Then it's like fear. Then it's like, okay, i got to be brave. And if you think about those three types of situations you put yourself in, your brain is in a different state on all three of those, right? It's excitement, bravery, tough, you know, fear, right? Those are three states of your brain. Yeah. And if you, you're putting yourself in those three states before you do this, then things can go inherently wrong. You can have weird visions. You can have bad. You can have a bad trip. Uh, you can. It could not work. You could yeah. not get high. It could not work. I've seen it. Right. So the dropping that ego and putting someone in that state of mind that we need them in happens right away. And and that's what we do as the coaches. Yeah. Well, and and this is in the journey, right? When when you go to take the journey, I've I've had this every single time. Fear, bravery, right? And then, uh, you know, excitement, fear, and then bravery. That's how it, how it always goes, right? And so when they come in on the bravery, like some people come in on fear, like, oh my God, I don't know, blah, 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 you know, I don't know what to do. And I have something that allows them to calm down. Like I do something and that the ego drops because it's part, that's part of what it is, is. The ego has to drop, right? And by talking to the, the person beforehand, I get a sense of where their ego is. And you have to trust the process. Before. You do. You have to trust this process. You do. You have to give in, right? And But that's part of what we do to get them ready. So, for example, I'm going to give you a story about somebody that, uh, and this is not a tragic one. This is for quitting smoking, that I helped someone quit smoking. And this lady came to me and said, I've been smoking for 45 years and I want to quit. And I'm like, you're never going to do it. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you you will not quit smoking until you find out what the root of the reason why you're smoking is. You need to find out why you started smoking. And she's like, oh my God, that was 45 years ago. And we're like, well, let's sit down and talk. So I started talking to her. I'm like, 45 years ago, how old were you? And she's like, well, I was 15 or, four, or 15 at the time. And I'm like, okay, so why did you start quitting Start smoking. And she's like, I don't know. You know, I just started smoking. And I'd say, where did you have your first cigarette? She goes, I had my first cigarette at school with my friends and girlfriends. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, where did you get your first cigarette? She goes, I took it from my dad. And I'm like, okay, so your dad was a smoker. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, how was your relationship with your dad? And she's like, it was good. She had a good relationship with her dad. But her childhood was a little weird. And I'm like, why? I said, well, she grew up in an era where there was no smoking inside the house. Or there was no kids allowed around smoke yeah. back in the day. So what would happen, We through a whole bunch of series of questions or whatever, we got to the point where I found out that she was just a little girl watching our, our TV or listening, Ray, whatever they were doing. They were in the living room playing. And her father would come into his favorite chair in the living room and sit down and spark a butt. And he would tell her, you got to go outside. 
I'm smoking. He wouldn't go outside to smoke. He would sit in his favorite chair and tell her to leave. Yeah. And so she would get up, put down her dolls or toys, whatever, and she'd have to go outside or go to her room. And that would happen every single time her dad had a cigarette, maybe 10 times in a weekend, you know, a few times in a night. She would have to leave her. And so psychologically what I found is that she associated smoking with abandonment issues. She wanted to be accepted. She wanted to hang with dad more. So the right? only way to do it was, was to smoke. start smoking. And so she started smoking and she developed a relationship with her father over time that was, hey dad, let's go have a butt. And she'd have a butt. And then her dad died and she was left with that habit, right? And so we're like, okay, so like I said, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist. I just guess on a lot of things. And so what we did is we got her on a warrior's journey. She, or warrior's journey. She went in with five, five plus grams psilocybin and it was crazy because i did i sit her down with um with some music to start but then after about an hour of music took it off her and i said you know what we're gonna do we're gonna sit here and i had a bunch of uh, kids books from my childhood dr seuss books and i'm like we're gonna read dr seuss books together and so i sat down we sat on a couch and at this time her brain's mud and she's about the equivalent of a 10 year old girl and we started reading Dr. Seuss books together. And it's weird, dude, because you got to be open on this. Like as a guy, you know, and as a man doing this, it's very dangerous because there's a lot of emotion that come out of people, right? And as I'm sitting here with her, she's cuddled into me like a child on her bed, me and her alone. And we're reading Dr. Seuss book. This is a weird fetish in some parts of the world, but we're reading these Dr. Seuss books and it's opening her up, man. It's opening her up. She's crying. She's calling me dad. She's like reliving moments that she never had with her father. Because when you're cast away and constantly told to leave away, you stop, you start losing self-worth. Yep. Even as a child, you start to think like, I'm not worthy enough to be in his presence. What can I do to be in my daddy's presence? And then that's when the smoking started for her and it never stopped. And in fact, I found out that she was actually smoking or she had tried cigarettes when her dad wasn't around at her house. She tried and light one and smoke one. And she didn't know why she did that. And I'm like, that's because you're trying to connect. Yeah. Because all in, we want in earth as human beings is to connect. You and me, we connect and we have long lasting friendship. That's all anybody wants on this planet, dude. That's what we're here for. Acceptance. Acceptance. And so when we went through that, uh, you know, it was crazy. It was weird. If someone walked in, that would have been like a really weird situation. But it's what needed to happen, dude. And she went down to three cigarettes a day. She went from two packs to three cigarettes a day. And then she disappeared. I haven't talked to her since. And it's really weird. This happens all the time. Like I deal with people and then they just find themselves and they go. And yeah. You know, you interact with as much as you can, but you realize like you're just here for a moment to help somebody and then you just bounce, right? And then it's like, you know, you can do a bunch of therapy afterwards and I keep track. I usually call or text people, hit them up, right? They answer me, they don't answer me. It doesn't matter anymore, right? The fact that I know that something happened to them yeah. is the true reward of what we're doing, right? And, you know, and like I said, in, the, in previous episodes, 
when you do these things and you make these monumental steps forward, you take these gigantic leaps in the, uh, in, in the controlling of your mind and getting control of your life, um, you have to put action into it. Yeah. If you don't put action behind the, the, the dosing, nothing changes. Nothing changes, man. You know, and for her, uh, this lady, I remember she went to her father's grave, uh, where his father lived. She had to do this. And this was what I told, uh, told her, go to your father's grave with a fresh pack of cigarettes and leave them on his grave. She's like, why? I said, because it's dying with him. And you have to get that in your brain that your dad is gone. And with him went the cigarettes and the smoking habit. And it's okay. It's not like you're pushing blame on somebody that's deceased that you loved. What you're doing is you're associating your root issue with the root, your issues with the root problem and saying goodbye. And I do this in a lot of other things. Ceremonial things are very important when it comes to doing the warrior's journey. You know, it's like the warriors, ancient Incans back in the day would sacrifice to the gods. Yeah. That was a way of them moving forward and allowing, you know, if they took a warrior's body and they, you see it, they put it and they light it on fire for the gods or whatever, right? Giving them to the gods, goodbye. So the warrior is complete, right? You need to do that with yourself. This is a great uh, action during therapy. Mm -hmm. I've done it a few times in mm -hmm. uh, my grief and loss counseling where, you know, someone has lost, say, their father or their mother and they forgot to say some things mm -hmm. before they passed or... They started losing, uh, you know, their mind before and they weren't able to, you know, say things. So mm -hmm. I usually get them to write a letter with all the things that they want to say, mm -hmm. set up a chair across from them and read that letter. Yeah. Pretending that person is there. Yeah. And then after burn it. That's cool. That's yeah. And that, I wasn't going to disclose that part, but yeah, that's a really big part of, um, of our therapy sessions is, is the burning. But it reminded me with the Dr. Seuss books, mm -hmm. because uh, we have a, a pretty cool uh, um, guest going to be on our show. Yeah. Um, and he wrote sort of one of those books. It's hilarious. Uh, Green Buds and Hash, yeah. I think it was called. Uh, Dana Larson. Dana Larson, yeah. yeah. So it's funny, Deems and I went down to visit uh, Mr. Larson. And, uh, I, it was, it was weird. Cause I had, I had over microdosed that day by accident. I just took more cause I was like, ah, whatever. It's just a day out with James. I'm going to go walk around. I'll be a little bit more on top of shit. You know, I want to float around. I wanted to float and I definitely floated right into Dana Larson's arms. And I'm like, oh, I felt like such a tool dude trying to talk to him and i'm explaining to him like hey sorry i overdosed uh, microdose a little bit today right i feel like such a tool and he's such a gentleman dude he's looking at us like okay cool that's okay guys i've and seen it all and we're, we're trying to be respectful coming and into professional place. and what do you do when you go into someone's store uh, you want to buy something so yeah. he has a little coffee shop in yeah. there this guy figured out that it's legal to import coca leaves. Amazing. The leaves that you make cocaine with. And yeah. what he does is he makes coffee with yeah, it. On a, min on a so, micro level. So me and Mike had a coca-chino. Coca-chino. Listen, if you're in Vancouver, you get a chance, go on down there to uh, the dispensary on Hastings and go get yourself 
a Coca coffee. Dude, that Coca was one of the Chino. best coffees I had in a long time. Absolutely delicious. I agree with you. And it didn't give me... And I was asking, what kind of feeling does it give? Because caffeine, you know, it gives me a little bit of a, a jittering. If yeah. I have too much, I, I feel anxious. And he's like, no, it's... A, it's it's And it was smooth. Mm-hmm. It was a smooth feeling. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a really great operation going on there. And if you don't know who Dana Larson is, Dana Larson has been a fixture in the Vancouver uh, healing scene. I'm going to call it healing because what he does is he heals, man. He's a fucking healer. He's like, been he a great another. advocate for yeah. marijuana. Marijuana, anything that is helping people cope or to get better or to figure out answers, yeah. right? It's that guy, dude. And. You know, these young bucks just show up at the Amsterdam cafe and like, I'm allowed to smoke. And they have no idea about the process that went into yeah. getting that spot the open. Work. This guy's an OG. He's OG. Yeah. More OG than us. He's like oh, yeah. super OG, right? As they call him on the street, right? Super OG. <laughs> Right, but we are going to uh, set up a podcast interview down at the cafe. We're going to go down there and take the morning dose uh, to Dana and have a good little conversation with him. Maybe ask him some questions he's never been asked before. Right, and uh, it's kind of getting to his head about you know what's the future of this and what we're doing, and you know what his perspective is on uh, people finding themselves using psilocybin. Yeah, we've watched the marijuana industry just absolutely explode and Mm -hmm. boom. To where you know there was there was one dispensary and it wasn't even a dispensary it was you know the marijuana headquarters and yeah. you have to go across the street to yeah. you know a little remember that a little black door to get your marijuana remember the or, black door or oh my or, or up to the third floor to <laughs> yeah, get your the weed sketchy. or or there'll be a guy standing right by the cambi yeah, uh, he'll yeah. uh, he'll hook you up to you know yeah like dispensaries you think there's a hundred in bc a hundred dispensaries yeah there's at least 50 yeah so we're going from zero to and and dana was the driving force behind the legalization or the decriminalization of Mm -hmm. marijuana and where we're at right now is you know right at the beginning of where mushrooms and this is a man who opened up you know the first dispensary in vancouver yeah yeah so we want to talk to him and we want to see, you know, yeah. how'd you do that? Yeah, he's he's a real fascinating character. So I hope uh, it's going to be a really good episode and we hope to get him on in the uh, episode number seven or eight. So yeah. that's the next two episodes coming up. Super excited. Got the proposal out for him. He seems like a good dude. So Mr. Larson, if you're there, we're looking forward to talking to you uh, on the next episode of The Morning Dose. It's good. Uh, bro, it's been a good morning. It has been a good right. Morning. You're gonna st- you're gonna do your dose after this, yeah. And uh, you guys can follow him on his dosing journey today, if you like, or any other day. Uh, my my uh, my mushroom experience on Instagram. You can find James there. Hit him up, uh, and he will give you any information you need. Right. For sure. Uh, you can find me at microdosebc.net, or you can go to. Um, the uh, alteredstatetherapy.com online if you're interested in any sort of therapeutic stuff. So one thing we are going to do, and I'm going to encourage anybody who is listening or wants to get in, is that we want to give people a chance to experience microdosing in a safe environment for the first time. Some people are very nervous about doing microdose because they think it's going to ruin their day. And I find a lot of people get scared. And what I've been noticing is um, sometimes, you know, if I say always, and you've heard it 
heard me say it before. If you're feeling the microdose, you're doing too, yeah, too much. Too much. Yeah. However, many people on their first microdose, even though it isn't too much, they do feel mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So I would like to... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and usually what people feel is a brightness, like a light goes on, like an LED light around their eye. A like, little bit, a little bit lighter. Yeah, lighter. So what we're going to do is we're going to set up a one-time seminar uh, that's just going to be a, a, a quick, probably won't be more than an hour, maybe a little hour because we'll talk to people afterwards, hours, right? Probably. probably a couple hours. We're going to set up a location and we're going to invite anybody who wants to microdose and experience it and know what it's like. We're going to give you one free session. All right, there's going to be a sign up. We're going to set up a sign up and uh, we're going to get a spot um, somewhere in Vancouver, Burnaby, maybe. And we're going to do it, right? And we're going to show people what microdosing really is and what it will do for you and how you will feel. Because the first time is usually the harshest time. So if it's going to affect you, it's going to affect you on the first one. So it's better to have microdose coaches around to guide you through that. Right, so that's going to happen. So make sure you look for the advertising. Uh, we're going to do it in a couple different cities and get out there and start getting people uh, to take charge of their life and their brain. Right? Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Brother. All right, this is another episode of the Morning Dose. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, podcast that we have going. Uh, we really appreciate anybody who's listening. And if you are listening and you like what we're doing, please leave a comment below on any one of these social media stations that you're watching uh, this podcast on. All right. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you want any information. And sign up for the, the newsletter. Yeah, and sign up for the newsletter on the, on the website here. We're going to put the, um, the address and the link in the, in the comments below, all right? All right, until the next dose, hopefully we're going to be in beautiful downtown Vancouver. Yep. All right, doing our first interview with our first guests. It's going to be exciting, man. That's going to happen on the next morning dose. And don't forget, always do your dose in the morning. I'm Mike Olton. James Colton. Yes. Have he- a great day. Yes.